Welcome to the very first Transformation Podcast for Colston Hall. I'm Harriet Robinson, a Bristol local, journalist and massive music fan. We've got an access all areas pass to the biggest development Bristol's musical landscape has ever witnessed. So, as one of the region's most important venues takes down its curtains and raises the cranes, we're getting under the boards and behind the scenes as it undergoes a spectacular £48.8 million transformation. Fittingly, this episode is all about acoustics. Simply listening to something carefully can be a deeply intimate experience, and few things trigger in us the powerful emotional response that listening to music does. We can't see it or touch it, but the way a space sounds can make music a transformative experience. Or it can completely ruin a performance. That's why the teams leading on this multi-million pound project have placed the way music is heard in the hall at the heart of every major decision they make. Somehow or other, this sweet old gypsy of the space seems to adjust itself to whatever it is that you're poking at it. It's got a great bottom end. You know, when you get your subwoofers going, my God, the air vibrates and people's cheeks flap. And it's astonishing. But equally, you can put a string quartet on this stage and they sound sweet as a nut. We sell sound. That's what we do. That is our job. It's all really about providing an equality of experience for everybody, the audiences and the performers, and that shared feeling of going out of a venue having had a great gig. Okay, so we're in the main hall and it's looking a little bit different to last time I was here watching some music. All of the chairs have been ripped out, so in front of me there's just hundreds and hundreds of seats and seat covers and a lot of dust. But we are here in the main hall and some of the world's biggest music stars have performed here. The Beatles, Nina Simone, Bowie, Hendrix, Bob Dylan and Ella Fitzgerald. And the wonderful acoustic has also attracted leading orchestras and classical soloists. I'm just getting onto the main stage, up this builder's ramp. And from here, I've got a spectacular view of the auditorium, although it's looking a little worse for wear at the moment, of course. I'm here with musician and BBC Music Magazine editor, Oliver Condy, who's also enjoying the sights. And Oliver, for listeners who've never set foot in Colston Hall, can you describe it? Not in its current state, of course. Well, it's, it's what we call a sort of classic shoebox shape. So it's sort of ideal acoustically. So although work will have to be done on the hall, the basic shell is here, really. It's a very beautiful hall. There's some lovely sort of curves to it where the sound can reverberate nicely. I like sitting up on the top in the circle because the sound really carries in this wide open space. We've been told the preservation and improvement of the acoustics in this venue are at the core of the design process. So why is the acoustic of a space so important to musicians? Well, particularly for classical music, uh, which is where my experience really lies, is it's unamplified, so there are no microphones involved. So a solo violin over an orchestra has to sing out and if you have dead spaces in a hall sometimes people simply cannot hear those instruments in the same way that in an orchestra if you've got a solo oboe or a trumpet or even a piano concerto you know those instruments have to sing out the whole orchestra has to blend as well so all the sounds have to mix together and and project it's a very complicated business it's not simply a case of producing a big building a big space and letting the sound sort of just flood into it you've got to build surfaces that enable that sound to reverberate and to be pleasant for the audience itself to be a great experience 
You've performed here lots of times as mm. a soloist, but also with choirs. So what's it like to perform on this stage? Well, as a choir, I mean, the, the, what, what sort of really captivates you is, is the fact that the sound really does project forward. The real sense of ensemble on stage, which I think is, is translated to the sound of great detail out in the audience. As a soloist, it's just great fun. I, I play the organ, so I could hear the organ coming from this magnificent case behind us, projected out into the hall. Just a, a very overwhelming experience, really. It's interesting, isn't it, that obviously the acoustics currently are, are very good in terms of how you describe it, but room for improvement. There's always room for improvement with everything. I mean, it depends what the, the seats are made of, it depends what the walls are clad in, the floor as well, and depends on the size of the ensemble. So a hall like this will be able to cater for an orchestra, a band, maybe a small ensemble, maybe, you know, a few tweaks here and there will have to be done for solo concerts. But, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a fantastic catch-all hall, really, a hall that is going to be suitable for all sorts of different combinations of musicians and also um, theatre and, and comedy acts and any other speaking events that you might have here. The sound carries very well for the spoken voice too. Thank you very much, Oliver. Thank you. So that's a little bit of background on why music venues need acoustics, but what exactly is a good acoustic and how does it happen? Well, in order to get a better understanding of the science behind the art, I'm going to meet the woman responsible for making the sound in here better than ever. Emily McGeehan is an acoustician for Sound Space Vision. Emily, this is an extract of Monteverdi's Il Ritorno Dulis in Patria. It was performed by the Monteverdi Choir and Orchestra. It was captured on a portable recorder with no fancy mics or mixing. Does this sound to you like it was recorded in a space with good acoustic? Acoustically, it does sound nice. Ensemble voices have a nice blend and balance and carry over the orchestra well. The text and the pizzicato strings are clear. It's a good example of music that fits well in this hall. I've never heard of an acoustician before. What exactly do you do? Well, acoustics is the science of sound. In concert hall acoustics, we're looking at how the size and the shape of a room and the surfaces within it affect the distribution of the sound across the room, how sound is reflected and absorbed by different materials... And we're also looking at this in context of how people hear and how they appreciate music, how musical instruments are made and how they respond and how voices work and how it's interpreted by the audience. Unwanted noise from outside the hall doesn't disturb very quiet moments and destroy dramatic silence. We are also interested to make sure that entertainment noise doesn't disturb the neighbours. So it's got many branches that influence all aspects of the building's design and not just the interior of the concert hall itself. Can you talk about some of the main problems that you're going to be working on? In many ways, Colston is a very well-regarded hall acoustically. Um, so first and foremost, we want to preserve what is good about the hall. The basic form, the tall, narrow shoebox shape is good, but there are a number of improvements that we can make. For the musicians, there are some basic issues to do with the stage extension and reflective surfaces around the stage. So the canopy, which is the reflective surface above the stage area, is largely flat over the main stage, and this is helpful in, in supporting communication across the stage. The tip up front, however, over the main stage extension, doesn't provide that support. So we're remodelling the front of the canopy to tip it down slightly. Um, at the back of the stage, we are removing the rear section of the canopy, and this will open up the top half of the organ screen, which is, which is currently obscured, um, it also help with the balance of the orchestra. So the sympathetic remodelling of the canopy to, to adjust to the modern demands of, of orchestra. And what about the balcony, which is obviously very deep, and if you're kind of sat 
at the bottom underneath it that can have a big effect on, on the sound, can't it? There is a sense of being hemmed in visually and acoustically. So the main adjustment is, is the removal of the balcony and, and moving the displaced people up onto a second balcony. So this will open up the space, create a much more reverberant environment and allow everybody to experience a full sound. What kind of reaction would you love to see from concert goers when the hall reopens in 2020? Well, you'd love for loyal audiences to really feel that the spirit of the hall's acoustics has been retained, but that they do notice and appreciate the improvements. Also that the improvements on stage are transformed into even better and more memorable performances. And it's all really about providing an equality of experience for everybody, the audiences and the performers, and that shared feeling of going out of a venue having a great gig. Many thanks to Emily McGeehan for explaining how the acoustics will be improved here at Colston Hall during its multi-million pound two-year transformation. I'm Harriet Robinson and you're listening to the Transformation Podcast. Now, here's a quick word from an enthusiastic gentleman who's closely connected to the venue and really knows his stuff. Have a listen to his personal thoughts on the distinctive qualities of the hall's acoustic. I'm Charles Hazelwood. I'm a conductor, a proud resident of the West Country. Bristol is my hometown. I'm also the founder of the British Power Orchestra. Concert halls up and down the land, I'm thinking of the Albert Hall in London or, let's say, the Philharmonic Hall in Liverpool. These are beautiful spaces, but they actually only work for one sort of music, and that is acoustic music. Now, Colston Hall, weirdly, works for both highly amplified music and for purely acoustic music. I've played symphony orchestras in here, I've played chamber orchestras, I've played rampantly loud amplified gigs in here. And somehow or other, this sweet old gypsy of a space seems to adjust itself to whatever it is that you're poking at it. It's got a great bottom end. You know, when you get your subwoofers going, my God, the air vibrates and people's cheeks flap. And it's astonishing. But equally, you can put a string quartet on this stage and they sound sweet as a nut. So one thing I very much hope in the amazing renovations taking place at Coston Hall is they won't lose that sweet spot, that sweet magic that this hall almost uniquely seems to possess. Let's move to the back of the stalls and meet Bristol Music Trust's General Manager Nick Craney to find out what's planned to improve visitors' enjoyment in that part of the venue. Now listen to the acoustic change as we move from the front of the stalls near the stage to the back of the stalls underneath the balcony. Um, one of the major compromises when it comes to the acoustic in the main hall is for concert goers seated right here under the balcony. And you do feel a little bit penned in here and a bit distant from from the stage because we're just tucked underneath this roof. Um, Nick, what improvements are going to be made here? Okay, one of the main improvements is that we're going to be removing this great big balcony. So this huge overhang, which covers nearly 600 seats, will disappear and there'll be two much smaller balconies, which will allow more volume in the space and allow a far better acoustic dynamic within the space. The volume of the space means that for orchestral music and for non-amplified music, it's going to be far, far easier place to work. And for rock and for speech, for comedy and so on and so forth, we'll be able to drop curtains, change the surfaces and so on, and actually be able to make the acoustic a lot better for the audiences who are coming to listen to that. The current building was built in 1951 and no one even heard of the Beatles, let alone anything else. So what we're going to try and do is actually bring it into the 21st century 
And one of the most difficult things to set an acoustic for is the classical or the non-amplified music because that needs a much longer reverberation time where rock and roll and speech and so on, a much shorter time is required to actually make the, the um, audience be able to hear it better. Why is it so important to preserve the acoustics of the hall? We sell sound. That's what we do. That is our job. There are lots of things we're going to be doing. We're going to make it more comfortable, cooler, um, change, the, uh, change the seating, all that sort of stuff as well. But one of the big things we're going to do is make the sound even better. The sound in certain places in the old hall was lovely, beautiful. But underneath the balcony, it was horrible. And that's 600 seats, that's a third of our seats, don't get the, the full quality that we should be getting. So the building works have begun. Um, how are acoustic specialists and architects working together now? They are working very closely together. In fact, whenever the architects want to change the shape of something or the surface of something, they ask the acousticians what fabric they should use, what materials they should use. So although the architects have the overview of how it's going to look, nothing is done in here without actually checking with the um, acousticians first. And we want to invest in this properly and we're going to have a really international class acoustic hall. Nick Craney, thank you very much. No worries, thank you. Great to hear from some of the people behind the scenes here at Colston Hall working on the meticulous task of upgrading the acoustics. I really can't wait to hear what it's going to be like in two years' time. Thanks for listening. Please join us next time when we'll be meeting the people behind the venue's high-profile and, for some, controversial decision to relaunch in 2020, not only with a new look, but with a new name to boot. To find out more about Colston Hall's transformation, visit colstonhall.org slash transformthehall. To join our conversation and keep up to date with the latest stories, follow hashtag transformthehall.com.